Hello and welcome to Voices of Sitka Kwan. I'm Hannah Floor, and today on the show, Annette Bennett and Jeanette Ness sit down to discuss the history and impact of the Sitka Kwan dancers. Jeanette is one of the founders of the dance group, and Annette participated from a young age, and the two remain close. Thank you for joining us. Let's get to the conversation. Uh, my name is Annette Bennett. I am a Kiksadi. My parents were Jerry and Carolyn Wooten, and I grew up here in Petersburg, Alaska. And I'm here with someone very special to me, Jeanette Ness. Uh, Jeanette, would you mind introducing yourself? My name is Jeanette Ness. I am Clinket Raven um, Duck Dainton Sea Pigeon. My Clinket name is Kashkani, and my parents were Frank and Pauline Fernandez. Um, my first memories of you, I think, is with the dance troupe. Is that actually how we met? Or I'm assuming you probably knew me before then. But. Yeah, I actually knew you when you were pretty tiny. I would see your mom, and you were with your mom all the time. And that was when I first started getting involved with Petersburg Indian Association and at some of the meetings. Whenever I think when you didn't want mommy to leave you, <laughs> you would take along. You were always very, very pleasant, very quiet, and... You were always very respectful of your mom, so that's how I first met you. I always enjoyed you as a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grew up. <laughs> and then you grew up, yeah. How did the dance groups get started? Like, how did that form? And When my two boys were in elementary school, I noticed that they weren't getting any clinket culture Ethelyn was doing some things in the classroom, but I wanted him to, to know a lot more about the culture. And so I was involved with the Johnson O'Malley Parent Committee, and we decided that we would have a, like a, a mini celebration here in Petersburg, uh, a celebration of the cultures, the Clinkets, the Simpians, and the Haidas. Um, initially, we invited all the uh, JOM programs to come, and it turned out to be uh, much more of an event that we had anticipated. So after we had that happen, um, a group of us wanted to continue to meet, and that's how we decided to form the dance group, and just kept on going from there. Who else was involved in the the formation of the dance group? Initially, it was me, Nan McNutt, Karen McCullough, Marsha Davis, Arlene Hansen. We were the primary ones that um, really wanted to continue on, and we had Ruth Demert come over from Cake, and she embraced us and taught us songs and dances. And after that, whenever we went someplace to another community, Cake always invited us to dance with them until we really got more comfortable being on our own. So, yeah, lots of good memories there. Yeah, I've seen the Cake dancers, and they are a powerful group. They, yes. You can just feel that energy when mm -hmm. they're dancing and performing, and yeah. it, it feels so good to be yeah. in that environment. Yeah. Were there any unexpected outcomes from the dance group or things that you were hoping for or um, challenges that you kind of ran into? Really what I was just hoping for was to keep the dance 
group involved in the community so that the community would um, become more aware of the Tlingit culture. And we really wanted to just want everyone to be more um, accepting of the, the Tlingit culture here in Petersburg. And so we tried to become a face in the community and get involved with um, whatever activity was going on, Little Norway Festival, being in the parades, just trying to get more involved with whatever was going on, to be a presence in the community and to make our children and the, the Native community more proud of their culture. How do you think that came, like, was received in the community? I have to say it was challenging. It really yeah. was challenging. Um, I do remember some challenging times also as a mm-hmm. as a member. Um, mm-hmm. I remember that there was some concerns about us being in the parades for Little mm-hmm. Norway and, mm-hmm. like, why are you here and mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. And yeah, yeah. It was, um, it took a while to, I feel, that we are finally, I don't want to say accepted, but more accepted. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, it was challenging. Uh, there was always negativity, like you said, as far as, why are you guys here? You're not part of this or that. And it brought up a lot of, um, it was like a can of worms with some of the elders, um, mainly because some of the elders, and there wasn't very many, but there was enough that said something to, to us that, um, you know, from their experiences, mm-hmm. they felt like that was bringing back a lot of their memories of what, it was to be native, mm-hmm. and also, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember mm-hmm. hearing, um, you know, stories from some, like, my, even my mom mm-hmm. told me, like, she didn't know Clinket. Like, I would ask her, like, how do you say this, or how do you do this, and is this right? And she would tell me she didn't know and um the reasons why she didn't know is because she was told she couldn't speak Uh clinket and it took me a really long time to understand why that was and um Uh the impacts that that had i used to have a lot of anger about not having that connection to my culture like this is something that i should have and know and be Uh a part of and um i remember hearing that my grandfather had said, you know, like, they they won. And so it's, you know, this is mm-hmm. our tradition is that if, you know, you lose a battle or a war, which, you know, in their mind they did, um, you know, you have to fall in line. Yeah. And yeah. that meant learning to speak English and um, no longer speaking our language. And I, mm-hmm. I think about that often and how that, impacts people you know like i cannot imagine if today someone came in and said you can no longer speak english the language Mm -hmm. that i learned growing up and um and now i had to learn a new language and try to you know and forget those things and there's a lot of 
you know, in any language, there's subtleties that, you know, there just isn't a word for this in, you know, whatever language. And so it's, there's things that are just missed. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I really got involved, starting to get more and more involved with the Klinka culture and trying to learn more about it, I did the same thing with my mom. She spoke Klinka, and um, when her friends or relatives came from Huna or Juno, they would always speak in Clinket. And I asked her, I said, can you teach me some? And she said, no, I don't want you to learn this stuff. And I said, well, why not? You know, it's who we are. And mm-hmm. she said I, she didn't want me to go through the, the, the pain and the hurt that she went through of not having, being able to speak the language. And um, so I had a difficult time trying to win my mom over and it wasn't until we had the potlatch here in the 90s when they all came and her, a lot of her good friends and family came from Huna. And she realized while we were there at the gym what an impact it was making on, on everyone that was present. Mm-hmm. And to see some of the other um, dancers come in and brought back so many happy memories that she had of the traditions. And so after that, she was more willing to teach me things, and we went to, we traveled together to some um, totem pole raisings, to other potlatches, other 40-day parties, just because I think she was enjoying her tradition all over again without feeling that she had a, you know, not being disgraced by it. Yeah. You know, just the permission to be proud again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she brought out her beading stuff, and she made blankets for the boys. And, mm-hmm. yeah, she was really back into it. Yeah. So it was really a great moment. I think I got involved in the dance group after, or you had said after mm-hmm. the um, potlatch mm-hmm. that you guys had formed the dance group, right? We didn't really... Um, we got together as a group to do dancing and singing during the potlatch, but we formally formed uh, the dance group after the potlatch. And actually, you were involved um, well, before we actually became the dance group. Oh, okay. So I was you, trying to remember. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, your, your mom had you there. Yeah. <laughs> In I, fact, one of the stories we had about you was we were selling T-shirts for to help pay for the expenses at the potlatch that we had <laughs> we had received these t-shirts and we realized when we got them that they didn't have eyes so we were madly sewing buttons on them for their eyes uh-huh. and here you come along and for whatever reason you got a hold of one of the t-shirts that did not have um not have eyes and you showed up with a t-shirt without the eyes and Annette <laughs> Blindly walking through right, the world. Blind, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you were pretty proud wearing her your t shirt, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I remember that t shirt. Yeah. I definitely remember it. it was red. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it had the um yeah. lo- lovebirds. The lovebirds on, love on mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember really liking that shirt. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I really think that um, you know, growing up and seeing that happen in my community made a huge impact on me and being able to be proud of my culture and um, I do remember you know learning Clinkett um, in school 
as a part of the JOM program with Ethlyn and mm-hmm. um, the native kids would get pulled from the class and we got yeah. brought to a closet <laughs> and we yeah. sat there and spoke Clinket and you know that mm-hmm. was a good opportunity but also I think back and like we were brought to a closet mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah and that that's you know, Ethelyn just made it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever needed to be done to kind of share that information, um, you know, she was there doing it. And I remember counting and mm-hmm. or trying to count and um, yeah. learning some stories. And I loved hearing all of the stories about the raven and knowing that I was raven and uh-huh. I was a tricky trickster. Yeah, yeah the trickster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always up to something. So uh-huh. It was fun. and. Yeah. Um, something to be proud of and um, just really had a huge impact mm-hmm. on my life. Yeah. So. I'm glad to hear that because it it did make a lot of difference. In fact, when I started teaching, um, I did a couple years at the school teaching, um, I think, second and third graders. And I remember all the little guys wanting to be either a raven or an eagle or whatever. And I remember one little girl said, I want to be a rabbit, and she'd hop around. <laughs> and so it was, um, you know, being educated on what the what the meaning of the culture was. And so that was really a significance, um, being proud of, you know, that the, the kids were learning. Yeah, such a turnaround <clears throat> from, you know, like you were saying, you're – both of our parents, you know, were taught to not right. have any mm-hmm. pride. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we had the privilege to come through that mm-hmm. and then now are allowed to have some pride and, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's perfect. Right. But yeah. um, I think it really speaks a lot to what our culture is that, you know, despite mm-hmm. other people's efforts, we're still here. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there are people bringing the language back mm-hmm. and, um, that's just so amazing to think about and how that just continues to spread. And, you know, it's just a powerful, powerful thing. And the other thing that really, it spurred a lot of conversations within families because when the kids would come to dance group, they weren't really sure what they were. Mm -hmm. And say they would go home and ask mom and dad, you know, what are we? Are we ego, raven? What are we? And so it really spurred a lot of talk within the families. And some of the parents would come to me and say, you know, we remember Auntie being this, but are we this? And they -hmm. weren't quite sure exactly. And so it was really neat that people were relearning themselves who they were. And it was really fun to watch people and how some of the, the reactions were, oh, man. So we're actually relatives with so and so, you know <laughs> yep. that whole thing, and um, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, if you're just joining us, this is Voices of Seat Kikwan. Today we're listening to a conversation between Annette Bennett and Jeanette Ness about the Seat Kikwan Dance Group and how it impacted their lives. The full conversation can be found on Spotify, Apple Media. SikaVoices.org and KFSK.org. What would you say is your favorite memory of the dance group? Many, many memories, but one of my memories of you being with the dance group was when we were coming home from celebration and we took the ferry and when we landed in Cake, um, 
I don't remember. I think we were there for two hours or something. So you took the opportunity to get off and meet with your family. And um, I remember me and Karen and I think Marsha was there, Arlene for sure. We started getting worried because you weren't coming back on time. <laughs> and pretty soon they were announcing that we were going to be pulling out. And we said, well, well what are we going to do? We just can't, you know... <laughs> leave her here and while she's with family we're trying to think you know logical and she'll be safe she's with family well, how do we know where she is really and all that stuff and um so they were actually untying the boat and here you come strolling along and we're <laughs> screaming from the the railing you gotta hurry before they lift the ramp and, and you just kept on strolling with a happy smile on your face and um Oh, boy, that was a, an anxious time, but we were so happy when he got, finally got on board, and we just took a big sigh of relief, and that was one of my <laughs> memories of you. It was just the anxiety you caused us. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that's the only time that that's happened, but I feel like the ferry, the workers probably knew who I was, because yeah. that has happened multiple times. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I just ran re- on my own clock, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will always remember you just strolling along with that smile on your face, and it's like, come on, <laughs> run. Yeah. Yes, I ran on native time, for yes. sure, <laughs> which was my own time. Yeah. Yeah. But I have uh, some of the other memories when we started doing culture camp. Those were really good times of figuring out the activities and going up to the cabin and, and doing, you know, um, having the canoes up there and just relaxing um, with the group and having to tell stories in the evening. And those were always really good memories of the kids, just being kids, camping out there. And so I really miss those times, too. Yeah, hopefully we can bring that back. Yeah, yeah. Is there a dance group now? Not really, yeah. no. Um, we do get together for parades or if there's a funeral, uh, that the family has asked us and it's just a, you know, a handful of us that will get together, but we don't formally have a group any longer. So I wish somebody would, we've had other people after I retired, try and pick it up, but it just never, um, continued. I don't think people realize the commitment, the time it actually took. And uh, we have discussed um, other people, potential dance leaders, and um, somebody out there might be listening and say, hey, I want to do it. Yeah. It's been um, something I'll always be proud of. There's a lot of uh, satisfaction in knowing that the kids know who they are and um, I'm proud of what the dance group brought to the community, the education and the awareness that we have clinkets here. Yeah, we do. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important to just know and remember that, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really easy to get lost in like, oh, you know, that's the Norwegian community. Mm-hmm. Everyone's Norwegian there. Mm-hmm. And, um but that's not true. And there mm-hmm. is evidence that, you know, we were here and it wasn't just a fish camp that we kind of passed through and yeah. 
left, yeah. but actually there was long-term camps that were yeah. in this area, and, you know, there's physical evidence. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, we're here for a long time, and we're going to be here for a long time, and when we first started going to celebration, I remember the first two times we went to celebration, I would get a phone call back, and, are you guys really a, a Clinkett dance group? And, you know, <laughs> and they would fondly call us the Smoke Norwegians. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they were surprised that Petersburg had a dance group of actual Clinkets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we did make our little impact here and there when we first started. And so we had a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of learning experiences, a lot of education, and um, pretty happy about it. Yeah. Lots of good memories. Yeah, I don't remember if you, or I don't know if you remember this, rather. There was this thing when I was growing up that they called assets. Does mm-hmm. that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like the opposite of the ACEs where you would calculate all these different assets that you had. You mm-hmm. know, like, do you have parents that care about you at home? Yeah. Do you have all these things? And I remember when I was filling that out as a kid, I didn't have, you know, my mom died when I was young. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of home assets. But some of the assets that I did have were you mm-hmm. and the dance group. And mm-hmm. that connection to culture really brought up my score, so to speak. Um, and that made a huge impact on yeah. me. And so yeah. I just hope that you know that. Oh, thanks. And that it really did make a big difference in who I am today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you. Oh, thanks. That really means a lot to me. Um, you know, your mom was a very special person to me, and she got me involved um, with P- Petersburg Indian Association, and um, she was a very wise, intelligent lady, and you have, uh, you remind me a lot about her. I've been so happy to watch you grow into who you are, and the the what you've done in the community, you know, that's important that you, what you're doing, that's where you belong. And we, when we were discussing dance leaders, your name of course popped up and we said, no, we don't want Annette to be the leader of the dance group because she's doing such an important job in the community. We don't want her to, to wave from that. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) but we didn't want you to, because that's um, that's your niche. That's who you are, and it reminds me so much of your mom and what she's. She would be so proud of you. And there's so many times that I think about her, and I think, and I talk to her and say, you know, after you've done something with Wave, or look what she's doing, you know, and she's doing good. But yeah, and honestly, um, there were times when the dance group was getting to be a little too much or a little challenging, whatever whatever was happening with my life at the time. And there were three individuals in the dance group that was important to me, and I felt um, we had to keep going, and that that was you. It was one of those three. It was actually you, Feeney, and Laurel were the three that I continued on because you guys are so important to me. I said, you know, this is, I felt like this was your, I don't want to say, well, you know, a safe place for you guys to be who you were. And, you know, we all, we all loved you guys. We still love you guys. I love 
you, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm really glad like, that whomever spoke up, whether it was you or somebody else at that meeting and said, we need to bring this here yeah. um, because it really did make an impact. And yeah. I think it's really important to think about, you know, like when you started, you know, not knowing much about mm -hmm. your culture, yeah. but not caring yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. I'm going to figure it out. And yeah. I think that's how I have done a lot of the things that I've done in the uh -huh. community is like, well, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to figure it out. And <laughs> yeah. so here we go. And uh -huh. yeah, um, I think that is important. There's a lot of pressure to know or be an expert and know like, oh, I don't know enough about that. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Um, one of the things that my personal goal is to learn how to properly introduce myself and clink it. Um, and that's, you know, something that I want to continue to work on yeah. so that when I yeah. am at a meeting, I can mm -hmm. properly introduce myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think part of that is making mistakes and like oh, yeah. mispronouncing something yeah. and um, being okay with that. And that, uh -huh. you know, I think giving each other the support and grace that we make mistakes and we're human and we're just trying oh, to oh. do stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if I have some knowledge, I can share that with you and then we can all kind of yeah. do something. Yeah, I was really proud that when you got involved with search because I was on the search board of directors for, for many years. And that's where I learned a lot of protocol and also where I learned how to introduce myself and clink it. And um, I'm glad that there's, I think they're still doing that, right? Introducing themselves and clink it and so forth. But, oh. No, yeah, not so much. <laughs> well, I, we'll bring it back. We'll yeah. bring it back. Yeah, I mean, I had to learn how to do, or I felt, mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel pressured or anything, but I wanted to be a part of that. And um, so I learned, um, I just learned from being there mm -hmm. and learned a lot about protocol, native protocol and mm -hmm. more tradition. And, you know, when we first started into the dance group, I knew nothing of my culture, but because it was so important to me that my kids know mm -hmm. who they were. And I just wanted them to have some type of um, identity of who they really were. Mm -hmm. And so I was learning with you guys. I would do it all over again. There might be a little bit of things we might have changed, but not much. And um, it was because of you guys, uh, you know, that kept me going. <laughs> <laughs> I really do hope that somebody um, will pick up the dance group and, and get that going again. Yes, it is a big commitment, but boy, it's sure is rewarding and satisfying sometimes when I look back and it is how proud I was to see the dancers out there and it just good times good memories yeah for sure mm -hmm. yeah well thank you yeah thank you thanks for joining us and good night to Jeanette Ness and Annette Bennett for sharing their stories with us. Voices of Sikakwan is recorded and produced on Hlinkit Ani, the historical homeland of the Hlinkit people, but also the current homeland and the land that holds their future.
Thank you for joining us for Voices of Sitkakwan. This show is a collaboration between the Petersburg Indigenous Awareness Committee, KFSK Community Radio, and the Petersburg Public Library. It is made possible, in part, by a grant from the Institute of Museum and Library Services and the Alaska State Libraries, Archives, and Museums. It is also made possible by the generosity of our participants, including the volunteers on our content committee. We thank them for their enthusiasm and dedication. To participate in Voices of Seat Kukwan, contact Kari Peterson at the Petersburg Public Library. Archives of shows can be found at seatkavoices.org. That's S-E-E-T-K-A voices.org, as well as on Spotify and Apple Media. Gnach Chish.